ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930 present The Drive. It is Thursday, December 8th. Your drive begins now on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. We're here until 6 o'clock, and then we're here for the rest of the evening. We got basketball coming up tonight. 6 o'clock, we start our pregame on 93.7 The Dog, as well as right here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930, as Marshall taking on a very hot Duquesne team. Marshall's on a seven-game win streak. You've probably have heard that enough by now. Seven to one record, only loss coming against Queens. The herd taking on a Duquesne team on a six-game win streak. They're seven and one. Their only loss was to then number four Kentucky. And this is a Duquesne team that last season went six and twenty-four. Only six games. Um, uh it's a heck of a turnaround. Look, eight games this season to exceed last year's win total. That's pretty good. And the Dukes are pretty good at home. They're averaging 82.5 points per game at the UPMC Cooper Fieldhouse. The Herd is 1-1 one and one on the road with, again, that loss at Queens being the only road lost and then the victory against Miami of Ohio. So yeah, it's going to be an interesting one tonight. Marshall has the edge at least in recent memory Marshall's won the past two meetings 72-71 last year here in Huntington and then remember 83-61 at the Cleveland Classic at Rocket Mortgage Arena that was back on December 29th 2019 so the Herd and Duquesne coming up tonight we'll talk more about this one at 6 o'clock and we will take a look at these two teams Duquesne leads the series 4-3 to but Marshall has been perfect at home 2-0 in Huntington. Marshall is yet to win in Pittsburgh. 3-0 Duquesne leads there. Played two neutral games. Marshall won the most recent one. I like Marshall's chances this one. I'm not going to lie to you. I like Marshall's chances. Marshall is averaging more points a contest. Marshall is, I think, the better rebounding team. I think Duquesne is really good if they get hot from the three-point line. They're a three-point shooting team. They're a team that will like to kill you from the three-point line. And if they go a little cold from out there, Marshall's going to be the better team, not only on offensive glass but rebounding in general. I think Marshall's going to run at a quicker pace. Marshall's going to put up more points. I like where the herd's at right now. So we'll break this one down a little bit more coming up also. We're going to talk to, in this order, Tony Kemper at 515, Marshall Women's Basketball Coach. They heard in action tomorrow night, taking on Wright State. It's a whiteout. They've never met, so no previous history between the two. They were going to play last season, but the game was canceled due to the pandemic. So tomorrow, Cam Anderson Center is going to be a whiteout. Tony Kemper will join me. And then after that, we're going to talk to Luke Creasy from HD Media. Luke went down the rabbit hole today. He's been trying to keep track of everything that's been happening with the transfer portal, with offers that the Thundering Herd football team has extended. So Luke's going to give us an idea of some of the players that Marshall's targeting 
what he sees so far, who stands out from the players that are being targeted. So we'll talk to Luke about 5.30. That's going to be after Tony Kemper. And, of course, we're going to get your text in as well, 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. That is our text line to be a part of the program. We'll use that number all night long. Not only will we use that for today, but that's going to be our post-game text line as well. So if you want to get your text in, you can do it at that number. Texter writes in, and um, let's see. Well, there's all this is all over the place. I might save some of this. Uh, here's a, I like this one though. I'll I'll save some of this for uh, you know because there's a portal transfer comment. I'm gonna save that for Luke Creasy. Um, Marshall's pace is 20th in the nation. Duquesne's ranked 256 in pace. Yeah, Marshall's up there. Marshall's pretty pretty fast right now. I mean, that's a big number to keep in mind as well. Marshall is just a faster team. Marshall has more offensive possessions. That's something that you don't see from the Dukes. And I I had it at 27th. I'm looking at my notes now. I had it at 27th, and the Dukes were uh, 240th. Marshall scores almost 84 points a contest. Dukes score 79. Rebounding, that's going to be a bigger number for the Herd, I think. And if you you stop Day-Day Grant... You got to watch out for a couple other players. Uh, Tevin Brewer, he's an FIU transfer, so slight familiarity with him. Dede Grant is leading the team with 19 points of contest. He's shooting over 500 from the field, over 500 from the three point line. And the Dukes are pretty good at home. They're 22-5 and five in their last 27 home games. They're pretty good at home. So 20th or 27th as far as uh, pace? Well, 27. okay. The Herd is 27th in terms of possession per game. I don't know if you're – if that's what you're asking, if that's what you're saying. The pace is 20, 20th in the nation, but I've got it as 27th in terms of possession per game, and the Dukes are 240th. So I wonder if that's what you're asking. Of course – Marshall's faster. I think that's just fair to say. Marshall's faster. Let's talk to Tony Kemper on the other side of the break, and we'll get more of your text in 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. More coming up on this edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Coming up tomorrow night at the Cam Anderson Center, you better wear white. Not black, not green, not any other color. It's just white because tomorrow is a whiteout. I don't know what bright state's colors are. Tony Kemper's with us to answer all these pressing questions. How you doing, man? It's been a while. I'm great. I'm great. Busy. Basketball season, so we're going here, there, and everywhere, but... 
um, we're, we're doing really good. So what color is Wright State primarily wear? What are they going to wear? Wright State is that that uh, the color of green that we used to wear before we upgraded. Okay. So bright Kelly green. Okay. White out tomorrow. Is Maybe that... a little gold in there. Yeah. Something like that. Yep. Okay, so everybody's going to wear white tomorrow. No confusion here. White, white out. Yeah. Exactly right. Yeah, a little white out going on. I like it. Um, you're, you'll be in white as well, so that's no worry there. You, you, you'll you have everything set to go. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go in white. You know, sometimes with, with the new way that we dress as coaches now, which is, you know, we used to, we used to get suited up and now, uh, now we wear, uh, competitive casual. I think I've heard people call it. Um, but there's a little bit of worry that if you wear the same color as your team, they're going to throw you the ball, but <laughs> okay. we're going to risk it. And we're, we're going to wear white, just like our uniforms. We're going to white it out. Okay. You know, it would look good if, if you wore black to contrast with the white. That's what we used to do. We used to think, you know what? They might just throw it to us. Yeah. We've had some really good point guards. Aaliyah Dunham last year, she never threw it to the other team, so we weren't worried about it. We were like, we, we kind of switched that up, and now we feel like we can wear the same color as our team. We won't have a problem. Tony Kemper. Gross. Yeah, I We've like it. Gross. I like it. You've, yep. you've game planned this. So Tony Kemper's with us, head coach of the Marshall women's basketball team, taking on Wright State. So what do we know about Wright State? We don't have a previous history between you and Wright State, so this is um, uncharted territory for these two programs. Yeah, I mean they're you know they're a traditional, really good basketball program on the Horizon League. They've last their uh, coach a couple years ago took the job at Memphis after a really good run in the NCAA tournament. They are right in the middle of a rebuild, and uh, so they actually play us on uh, tomorrow night, and then they go to uh, they go to Tennessee on Sunday. So they've got a busy weekend here in Finals Week. I think they're in Finals Week like we are. Um, you know, so they're a really good three-point shooting team. Um, you know, I guess both both teams are. I think they they get about eight point four makes a game. Um, and right now, we're actually leading the Sun Belt in made threes a game at at just under nine. So, um, two good shooting teams, and we'll have to be good on the perimeter. Um, you know, as far as really guarding the guarding the ball, so that we don't have to help much. You know, so we can stay out there on the shooters. What do you know about your team at this point of the season? You know, you've gone through a few games now. What do you know that you, you thought you already knew, and what do you know that you didn't know? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that something we know now is I think we have the talent to compete you know, very well in the Sun Belt. And most of the times prior to you know, maybe the last time we talked was down down at uh, the Hoops and Huntington event downtown, and, and I told you that we just have a ton of unknowns. And I think when you look at what we've done to this point, you know, we're four and three, but if you look at the three losses there, they're all teams that haven't lost much this year. Purdue's off to a really good start. Norfolk state um, is in the mid major top 25. They're like 10 and one or something like that now. And then um, the Duquesne team that, that got us at, at home last Sunday is maybe seven and two or something like that. So, um, you know, we haven't, uh, not like we've lost to slouches, you know. We've had chances to win all those games. So we were within one with about five minutes to go. At Purdue um, closed the game to one possession the other night against Duquesne. So um, really did the same thing against uh, Norfolk. They just played a little bit better than us in the last couple minutes to win. So you know, I think the talent level is here, and 
Um, I also think, um, or I think I know, you asked me a complicated question the way you asked that. What do I think I know? Is that what you said? Uh, what, I think I know we've got to get more consistent. Yeah. You know, I think us at our top end is really good. Um, we we got to hang out there more often, if that makes sense. Tony Kemper's with us here for all the complicated questions. How much of the day? That was a tongue twister. The way you said that was, you know, that was a a question only a pro radio guy could ask me, and I, I had to figure it out on the fly. I like I it. You said, "What do you think you know, and what do you know? You know." I like it. I like it. I'll, I'm going to save that again. I'm going to save that question for another time. It's it, it'll come back. Like, what it do we? Good. What do we know, Coach? Just, I'll just ask you that. What do we know, Coach, that we already knew? And then what do we know we didn't know? How about that? Is that better? I think it was – that's the same same question, slightly different iteration. That's what I'm here for. I'm here to ask the same question <laughs> in different iterations for the entirety of our, of our relationship here. What do we take away from Davis and Elkins? What can carry over from that game? Because 104 to 43, that means uh, one thing. You had a good night. So what do you get out of that that can translate into success against Wright State? Yeah, I mean, I I think that it was needed for our team. You know, we're coming off of a a tough, close game against uh, Duquesne. And um, we, we shot the ball really well against Davis and Elkins. And we did that from multiple, you know, players and positions. And so I think, uh, you know, we should go into this game feeling good about, we got to watch our shot going the last time we played. And so I think you start there, um, you know, defensively, we're, we're a work in progress defensively. Um, I don't know that we're ever kind of quite where I want us to be, but our scoring defense number is pretty good. Um, you know, I guess we're seven games into the season, and um, we've we've held some pretty good offensive teams down. Um, and so, I, I think you can take that away a little bit too. Is uh, you know, we got to continue to make it hard to score on us, and I thought we did that against Davis and Elkins for the most part. And then we really got going offensively um, from a lot of different players, and a lot of young players were in there. And I think you can kind of see the depth of our team. Um, like at the Davis and Elkins game, and um, and really the maybe the ability of the of the youth that's coming in the future to handle the ball, to shoot the ball, they're aggressive, and you know a lot of good stuff. Tony Kemper is with me, the head coach of the Marshall women's basketball team, in action tomorrow against Wright State. It is a whiteout, so a lot of white expected in the Henderson Center and this will be an opportunity for uh, herd fans to come out on a Friday uh, in between uh, the men tonight and Saturday the women on Friday nothing else going on so uh, no excuses this time for everybody got to show up to the Henderson Center uh, how's that for you so far am i hyping it up enough i like it i like it and you know if if you if you've been out to a game this year we've had really good crowds and um, we've had really good I guess, participation from the community. We've had a lot of teams in there watching us play and doing a little halftime games and stuff like that. It's, it's been a really good women's basketball environment at home. So we want to continue that. Certainly appreciate everybody for investing their time. I guess I've got, I've got young kids right now and we, I know how hard it is to, you got to make choices about where you go and we can, uh, we can sure see that maybe some of the relationships we have in the community are, are starting to pay dividends with, 
with people being at the games and it is appreciated from our team and from our coaches I know at this point I know it's still early we haven't even gotten to conference play yet but when you look at your roster top to bottom who are you most who are you most surprised by is there anyone that is standing out differently than you thought they would in a positive way well I think I think the thing that is the most surprising is kind of the depth of players that we're playing and and I think that that's going to continue because I think they all deserve to have um, you know some time and so that that's probably been the most surprising thing for me as a coach is just like we're like playing 12 or 13 kids consistently and that's a pretty big number and it's not charity it's they they practice well they're they're performing well in games and that's kind of been a challenge for me is how to get them in there um you know so that's probably the biggest surprise i, I think rochelle scott has been uh tremendous you know the other night she whatever the score was 104 to 41 or whatever she she's our leading scorer she played like 12 minutes she went eight for eight um and that's all she played so um you know she's been good all year as far as efficiency she shot the ball really well from three she's gifted at the rim she can really hang and and make some tough shots in there she's been a good pickup and she keeps getting better too and I, I think she'll continue to get better we have her for another year next year um abby beeman 12 assists the other day against davis and elkins which um that's the most since like 1987 you know which that's 35 years of of basketball and um, she's the same as Roe. We've got her for another year. So um, I think those two stand out kind of on the, off, on the offensive end. And, you know, like I said, I, there, there's young ones, Tara Harness. She's a sophomore. Uh, she had 26 the other night, six threes, Sydney Scott, freshman. She's, she's been productive. Um, you know, I could kind of go on and on about different players that have, have made big contributions in this game or that game. I know Beeman, if you look at her statistically, he I mean she is I mean she's she's leading in so many categories. What makes her so consistent out there? Yeah, you're right. I mean she's she's really good with the ball. And uh I was talking about the other night, um you know, I was getting ready to go watch your boy Joe Burrow um destroy my Chiefs again. I didn't say um, a word. I, I didn't about, say a word. I didn't say a word. Yeah. Well, you should. You should. You guys have our number. But anyway, my, my point in the press conference after the game was she can throw people open, you know. And uh, those two quarterbacks in that game the other day can do that. You know, that the the play that he got the first down on at the end of the game, you, you couldn't have any better coverage than that. He put it in the spot that only his guy could catch it. And um, she's talented like that from a passing perspective. And you see that in those numbers. She can – when she gets out on the break and she gets ahead of steam and, and people are backpedaling, it's hard for them to cover everybody. And so she's talented in that. She is our leading rebounder as well. And uh, she just has a nose for the ball. She's athletic and she's active on the glass. So um, she really can start the break. She gets so many defensive rebounds that we don't have to get an outlet. She gets it and goes. So, um, you know, and she's also been probably our most consistent perimeter defensive player. She's had a lot of tough assignments early on. And, um, you know, Kendall Miller's been good about that as well. Uh, she's a, a grad transfer that that's in the starting lineup for us. She's been good defensively also. But you, you're right, Abby does a lot of different things. I don't, I don't think she's playing offense in terms of shooting as well as she will. 
Um, I've got a lot of confidence in her ability to score, and that's probably the piece that if you asked her what, what is not where you want it, I think she would say that. Tony Kemper is with me coming up tomorrow. Marshall's taking on Wright State. It's a whiteout. Everyone is encouraged to show up and wear white, not um, not Kansas City Chiefs colors, not Bengals colors, Marshall colors in white. Okay, that, yes, sir. That's 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 made me. I see. I didn't. I left you alone because it's getting old now. I mean, it's it's sort of like you know, it's, okay. it's just it's going to happen. Easy. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's, yeah. it's. I understand how you could think that. Yeah, it, it's not you know, like a big I, deal anymore. I mean, what three, three straight now? Three, three straight, three straight, and that. I mean, I don't think that we've lost a game in like five years in the month of November or December. So to get us the other day was is pretty impressive. Warming up, warming up for the Browns. They, um, they, they have I, I, beat. Yeah, they own Joe Burrow. The Browns do so. Uh, Needed that go one against, figure. yeah. Needed that one against uh, your team, so the Bengals can go get the Browns. It does make me wonder about consistency when he when I watch him play my Chiefs. You know, it's like how does it? How are how are we seven and four Bengals? How are we seven and four when we play like this? You know, it's I, I think as a coach, you would understand the team that you start with isn't necessarily the team that you are later on okay. in the season. I think you would know, you would understand. Okay. So that. they've improved. They've improved they've because improved. of because of coaching. Because you can't look at what your team was in the beginning of the season and compare it to what your team is now because that's not a fair okay. comparison. Because as a coach, you have helped your team progress. You hear me? You with me with well, this? They're certainly playing pretty well right now, based on what I watched last Sunday. They're good. They're all right. They're good. They're they're yeah. They got to beat the Browns though, or you know, this conversation is useless. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Isn't that the way it goes? Yeah. What have you done for me lately? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> a, a a professor at Marshall University loves to use that phrase all the time. What have you done for me lately? <laughs> You know him. You know the professor. I'll tell you it is off air. You know who it is. Okay. Okay. Tony Kemper's with me. The guest, uh, he's got a game tomorrow. His squad taking on Wright State. It is uh, a whiteout. It's going to be 6 o'clock at the Henderson Center. If you can't go, and I uh, encourage you to do so, but if you can't go, ESPN Plus. So uh, opportunity for the herd yes, to, um, to to do well and uh, take on Wright State. and. I know you're excited because we're getting closer to um, we're getting closer to the Sun Belt play. We're what uh, three more games after after Friday away until uh, Sun Belt play 29th? Yeah, that's correct. We got we have four games before Christmas, and then um, the Sun Belt really gets they get going really fast. Our, our conference tournament is early; it's one of the earlier ones in the in the country. So we basically hit Christmas, we come back and. We practice for a couple of days, and then we hit the road and play play South Alabama um, right before New Year's. So it uh, it won't be long, and we'll be in the Sun Belt. Yeah, and um, just a reminder to everyone that you'll get to see the court first if you go to a women's basketball game, the new court, the the brand new court. You're right about that, St. Bonaventure. The so, 18th should be done around the 16th. The court should be, and we will play St. Bonaventure at home on the 18th. And if you can't make it to that one, we've got a uh, we've got a weekday matinee in the afternoon against Tennessee Chattanooga on the twenty first. 
You know, that's going to be Paul Swan plays hooky from work day. I, I'm just going to tell you. Let's go. I'm just telling you that right now. You know, the, we can have, make that bring your work to my work day. You know, you just bring it down to the Henderson thing. Uh, that might happen. Also, that might happen because I've got that day scheduled off. <laughs> I might see you anyway on the 21st. So there you go. Uh, you planned it around my schedule. Tony Kemper, my guest, head coach of the women's basketball team, heard taking on Wright State tomorrow. Uh, we'll do it again soon. And um, looking forward to seeing you on the new court and um, seeing the whiteout. Sounds good, man. Thanks for having me. That's Tony Kemper. Uh, coming up next, Luke Creasy is joining me. Um, I'm not talking about his football team. Uh, the Bengals have not played his Philadelphia Eagles. We're not talking about that. When we continue on this edition of The Drive, ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Who's ready to talk transfer portal? I am. Welcome back to The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Joining me on the program now, a man who has gone to great lengths to track down every particular offer that has been extended to football players to play for the Thundering Herd, and he's still doing it on Twitter right now, and that is Luke Creasy. Put the phone down. The second phone down. What do you, you have like three phones? You have the one you're talking on, then you have like, what do you have? The i I know you have the iPad, the laptop, the phone. What are you doing today? You're all over the place. It's like it's like Draft Central up in here. Uh, no, it's it's. Uh, I, I got down a rabbit hole and uh, couldn't get out, so I just kept uh, kept scrolling and kind of like doom scrolling almost, but because uh, you never know what you're going to find. But uh, found quite a few. Um, student athletes across the country that uh, have picked up offers from the herd already. So instead of just typing it all up and and, and here's um here's a Friday Friday column from Luke Creasy. No, you're just all over Twitter today, man. You're yeah, you're like the Brett McMurphy yeah. of uh, of West Virginia. <laughs> well, you know, uh, that, that's not such a bad person to be compared to. No, it's not. Luke Creasy's with us from HD Media. So what have you seen from the places that the herd's gone for offers as far as you know, type of player, positions? What are you seeing? Any trends? Yeah, I mean, I, I think early on, um, you know, when you look at the the age of Marshall's roster in a certain spots, you know, of course they uh, let uh, 18 um, seniors and non-seniors uh, go through uh, the senior day walk. Um, at, uh, at at the final regular season home game, so that always brings up some questions about uh, you know those non seniors are they coming back? Is there some extra eligibility for some of those seniors? And um, but you know looking up and down, um, seeing a lot on the defensive side of the ball. Um, you know, in particular, uh, had uh, a defensive lineman from Arkansas that picked up an offer. Um, some junior college defensive backs, uh, Virginia Tech transfer picked up an offer from Marshall, and um, you know just starting to see a, a lot of those guys on the defensive side of the ball and in secondary come through. Uh, one that I actually just saw um, was JJ Roberts, a former Cabell Midland High School standout, um, went to Wake Forest and um, entered his name into the portal um, just a couple weeks or, or uh, just a couple weeks ago uh, officially uh, over the weekend, but. Um, he picked up an offer from Marshall as well. So, 
Um, you know, th- 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 there's a lot of defense so far, but also seeing um, a few wide receivers. Um, a guy from Wagner, uh, transfer, um, St. Francis, Pennsylvania, um, a tight end from Buffalo, um, Harvard. Uh, his, Harvard's leading receiver from a year ago. I picked up an offer from Marshall. So, um, you know, I, I think you're looking at some of those positions that uh, have picked up some age uh, from the, the Marshall um, roster and, and looking to, to make sure you aren't too depleted um, if a lot of those names you've relied on uh, leave. You know, when I, when I think of receiver, I, I look at a guy like Corey Gamage, um, who uh, is only a registered junior, but, um, you know, has a decision to make. Is he going to come back? Um, he's been Marshall's leading receiver for the past three seasons. Um, does he try his hand elsewhere? Does he try his hand in the draft? Um, so he's got some decisions to make. And, um, you know, it, it, and, and, you know, if you're Charles Huff and, and the coaching staff, you're, you're always evaluating those options, you know, I think, to uh, to give you a better uh, leg up um, and work proactively instead of reactively. And I think that's, uh, you know, what uh, Huff used the transfer portal for last year. Um, you know, when you look at the improvements they made along the defensive line, the depth they created there, and really um, adding some pieces uh, all over, um, you know. So I think I think Marshall's uh, working proactively. I mean, the portal just officially opened. Um, it's it's the eighth. The, the portal officially opened on Monday, um, and so it, there's been all kinds of action. Um, you know, all kinds of players entering the portal. Only two for Marshall that I've seen so far, and I'm sure we'll talk about that here in a second. But, yeah, let's go ahead. Um, That's you, you know, uh, tis the season for uh, holiday dinners and transfer portal enters. Transfer portal giveth it taketh away. Um, mm-hmm. I think the biggest, the biggest name of the two that yeah is is Pete Zamora. That's yeah. Let's be honest. Yeah. Uh, that's that's the one we're interested in, and I'm not surprised, but at the same time. You know, reaction has been, you know, understand, you know, hate to see him go, but players don't stay, and you're not going to find a kid that's going to want to stay and develop as a quarterback and wait his term. It, it turn. It seems that those days are pretty much over, and already people are maybe worried that could Cole Pennington be next. And I, I don't think that's the case. Yeah, I, you know, I think it's it's a rare occasion to see. You know, I, I look at, at Grayson McCall, Coastal Carolina's, you know, quarterback as the shining example of, you know, w- one of the few remaining in college football that has um, stayed t- to develop. Um, because so many times you see, you know, a a quarterback or in any position um, has have a great year, go elsewhere. You look at Kane Madden, who had a few good years for Marshall, um, took his chances at Notre Dame. Grant Wells had a couple of decent years with Marshall, um, tried his chances at Virginia Tech. And so, you know, I, I think it's, a, it, it's, it's more uncommon to see people stick around and stick it out now um, than it ever has been. And, and that's just because of the way the, the transfer portal rules have, have changed and have adapted. So it, it's a whole, um, you know, it's a whole other aspect uh, of the game that people – um, that, that coaches and, you know, everybody's paying a little more attention to now. But, um, you know, in, in Marshall's case, um, I, I think back to, you know, everybody kind of had this question in the, in the spring uh, when they had seven quarterbacks on the roster. 
Um, one of those, uh, Ty Tarpley transferred before fall camp. Um, but, uh, you know, Zamora, I think was, was probably the, the third quarterback on the depth chart. Um, you know, behind, uh, Cam Fancher and Henry Columbia this year. Um, and so, you know, he was probably, you know, a few months away from, from getting his shot to really, uh, prove himself at spring, in spring ball. So, um, you know, he was one of, uh, Charles Huff's first recruits, uh, to come into Marshall. And, uh, I, I don't think that anybody expected him to be the first of that quarterback group, um, to leave. Marshall, of course, held six quarterbacks on the roster this year. Um, Cole Pennington impressed a lot of people on scout team, um, uh, won scout team offensive player of the year. And so, um, you know, I think, uh, Pennington still probably has has a chance to to prove himself, and uh, but uh, just wasn't in the cards for Zamora. I know he's a talented kid, like a, a little bit undersized, um, but uh, it doesn't affect his ability to throw the ball and create plays. I think uh, Marshall fans who were at the spring game um, before the start of the season this year kind of saw that he, I think, was nine of fourteen, threw for one hundred and thirty some yards, um, and really uh, had a good outing. So. Um, you know, I, I think Zamora is a player who's going to land on his feet wherever he goes. Um, but, uh, you know, where that is remains to be seen. But uh, certainly, um, you know, you can't expect to be immune from, from losing people in the transfer portal because when you add players uh, just by the nature of it, you, you've got to subtract as well. Blue Creasy's with its HD media and all of your – scouring the internets, trying to keep up on this. Um, what do you think is the herd's plan for the offensive line? Yeah, that's always a, a place where you could see some improvement. Uh, have you seen anything maybe make you indicate uh, that they're looking a little bit towards that position, the, 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 the entirety of the line? I know the weapons are, are, are key, but you got to have someone to keep the quarterback upright. Yeah, there's been a couple of, of uh, guys that pulled in offers already. And, um, yeah, I think – when you look at how Marshall handled the portal last year, they got a, a, a good bit of um, younger guys on the offensive line. Um, you know, outside of the, the Trent Hollers, the Cedrice Palants, who uh, came in and played well and contributed right away, um, there are a few of those who, who are kind of down on the depth chart um, that, that are still younger. Um, redshirt freshmen that had transferred into Marshall. So, um, you know, I think they, they sort of addressed that last year and are kind of getting players that, um, you know, can be developed here, um, and, you know, once uh, you know, some of these other seniors leave um, or, you know, um, create playing time for, uh, you know, for themselves by, by way of just getting out there on the practice field and proving it. So, yeah, I think uh, that that's part of where, you know, this, this bowl season, Huff's talked about extra practices, starting to see some of that development. And I think um, after he kind of sees where they are, um, you, know, you might see some, some additional offers uh, roll out there for some offensive linemen. But, uh, you know, I think that was a group that, that made a lot of progress throughout the year. Uh, you know, it, when you look at how they started, you know, gave up 31 sacks in the first eight games and then gave up just two or three in the last four. And so I think they you know, kind of found a way to work with those pieces and, and work with what, uh, you know, what was best for them and play to their strengths. And so I think that that's probably going to continue. Um, I, I don't know that they have to completely rebuild um, the offensive line, but uh, definitely uh, getting a couple extra bigger bodies in there um, won't hurt. 
Lucrece's with us, HD Media. The next time we're going to hear from him, and uh, it's going to be what a few days. Myrtle Beach, uh, terrible, terrible assignment you've drawn up there. I hate it for you. <laughs> yeah, you know, five five days uh, down there in Myrtle Beach. So I, I'm I booked my flight today and I'm ready to roll. So, but uh, but yeah, no, it, it it ought to be uh, ought to be a fun week down there and a fun matchup with with UConn, who uh, of course all the herd in 2015 that was actually the last time they made a bowl so uh you know you get uh get marshall seven years apart how would you like to wake up and go hey we're going to a bowl and it's marshall if you're a yukon fan the, the players <laughs> the, the players it's it doesn't matter to them that's yeah that's completely different these yeah. players don't know anything about that team that played marshall seven years ago but for the fans it's like hey we're going back to a bowl it's marshall yeah, well, I mean, that 2015 game was a competitive ball game. 16-10, relatively low scoring, and, you know, Marshall uh, had had a pretty good defense that year, too. And so I think there are a lot of similarities between uh, that game and this one. And uh, the Huskies have uh, kind of been on a roll as of late. Um, they started the year 1-4 and four and uh, wrapped up 6-6, six and six, and so – um, you know, that's, that's four and two in their last six. And that's, uh, pretty close to what Marshall was as well. Um, so, you know, Marshall won, uh, their last four and, and five of their last six. So, so both of these teams kind of coming in on, on runs of, uh, their own and, um, ought to make for, uh, an interesting matchup on, on the, uh, surf turf down there. Lucrece HD Media, you can pick up a copy of the Herald Dispatch or a fine HD Media paper near you and uh, follow along with Luke. I'll talk to you soon, man. Um, have fun uh, here soon going to the beach. And of course, I'll talk to you sooner. For for everyone else, we'll talk to Luke. We'll talk to Luke in a few days. For everyone else, we'll talk to him in a few days. I'll talk to you here soon. Sounds good. Sounds good, man. Thanks, buddy. I appreciate you. That's Luke Creasy. He is uh, from HD Media. More coming up. Your text included, it's The Drive, ESPN 94.1 at AM 930. We're taking Paul Swan everywhere. Download or subscribe to The Drive with Paul Swan on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Our text line today, 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. Texter wrote in and said, I'm a former Huntington resident and avid Marshall fan since the 70s and now live in Myrtle Beach. I'm excited to see the herd in the bowl game and have my tickets on the home side. I'm trying to find out which team has been designated as the home team for the game. It's a good question. Uh, I'm going to say Marshall. Maybe this is a Sun Bowl. Uh, I mean, it's a Sun Belt Bowl, designated bowl. So I'm going to say Marshall's a home team. Let's. I could be wrong, but just just for sake of argument here, I think Marshall's the home team. Just because this is an affiliated bowl with the Sun Belt, so I don't see the, you know, since UConn's an independent, I don't see there's a, you know, if you're going to have a tie-in with a, a league, I would think, uh, unless there are two tie-ins, uh, I would think you would make the uh, the team that has the better win-loss record the home team. I would also think that you would. Uh, it, besides, I mean Marshall and Myrtle Beach area, pretty much. It's like a suburb of Huntington, right? Myrtle Beach area, suburb of Huntington? Just about. I'm going to say – I could be completely wrong. I'm going to say Marshall's a home team. 
I'll be surprised if Marshall's not the home team. Uh, we'll find out though. We'll get that. Uh, we'll get that squared away here soon from um, from inside the athletic department. You know what? Uh, what color do I wear? What color do I wear? Is it home or is it road colors? Either way, we've got the game for you coming up on the 19th right here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. You know what we're doing next? We have got basketball to talk about. Marshall taking on Duquesne. This is coming up tonight. It's a 7 o'clock tip. So we will begin our pregame coverage here in just a few moments. Also, on 93-7, the dog, Marshall, coming in on a seven-game win streak. Duquesne coming in on a six-game win streak. Which one's going to break tonight? Let's find out together. We'll talk about it coming up next here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. And on 93-7, the dog, Uh, Marshall's never won at Duquesne. That's a factoid tonight that uh, I hope we see change. Duquesne's never won in Huntington. Marshall's never won at Duquesne. It's a 4-3 series. They've both played on neutral courts twice and have split in neutral situations. So can Marshall even up the series and get the first road win of the series? For either team, we'll find out. That's coming up next here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. And on 93.7 The Dog, good night, everyone.